0: First Samuel chapter 16 as we continue our study and as we are uh, turning let me uh, uh, make a couple of announcements. Uh, one we do, uh, 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 we have heard from the uh, after school program and there is possibility of, uh, of, uh, of a good news club uh, and if you uh, have helped with that in the past or you'd be interested in helping with that, uh, if we could uh, meet briefly just to get a, a sense of uh, of interest and uh, and just find out what date what day of the week might be most convenient uh, for you. That would be good. Please uh, just just meet down to front after church. Um, and the other thing is, I did want to uh, uh, clarify. Uh, normally, our session meeting would be tomorrow night, but at our last meeting, we uh, uh, we decided to put it off until. Uh, the 21st, so we won't be having our session meeting uh, tomorrow night, but the following uh, Monday. Uh, yes. They're going to have their regular time. That's correct. All right. All right. Now, 1 Samuel 16, beginning with verse 14. Now, the Spirit of the Lord uh, departed from Saul. And a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's servants said to him, Behold now, a harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the harmful spirit from God is upon you, he will play it, and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me a man who can play well, and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. Therefore, Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me David, your son, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine. And a young goat and sent them by David, his son, to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service. And Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. Whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. And may God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that by the power of your spirit that you would come and speak to us by your word. We ask that you would open our eyes, that we would see our Lord Jesus Christ high and lifted up. We pray that you would open our ears, that we would hear the voice of Jesus, our good shepherd, and know him and follow him and offer our hearts to him promptly and sincerely. Come, speak, Lord, in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. Help is on the way. Over the last few passages in 1 Samuel, we have been witnessing the downfall of King Saul. The Lord has rejected him. In early March of 1943, the United States 2nd Corps, under command of General Lloyd Friedendahl, suffered an overwhelming and humiliating defeat at the hands of the Africa Corps under command of Field Marshal Irvin Rommel. The Battle of Kasserine Pass in Tunisia facing the realities of General Friedendahl's ineptitude and complete lack of confidence in him by his men. General Eisenhower had no choice but to relieve him of command. Some of you have, but many of you may have never heard of General Lloyd Friedendahl. But you might be more familiar with the man Eisenhower chose to replace him. General George Smith Patton, Jr. The rest, as they say, is history. Here in this passage, Saul is losing it. So far it may not have looked on the outside that he is losing it. It's a spiritual downfall. But the Lord has already chosen and anointed a new leader, a new king. A better king. Help is on the way. Let's get to it. First, in this passage, we see the justice of God. The justice of God. Look back at verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, that's David, in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramer. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. And we see the contrast between David and Saul. Saul has been rejected. David has been chosen and anointed. The spirit of the Lord rushes on David and departs from Saul. Not only does the spirit of the Lord leave Saul, but we also read that a harmful spirit from the Lord torments him. Now some of your translations may read that an evil spirit from the Lord tormented Saul. And the commentaries, the commentators spend a a good bit of time dealing with the semantic range of the word that goes from evil to harmful. And that's for obvious reasons. The idea of a harmful or evil spirit coming from the Lord is concerning. But the point is that the Lord is giving Saul what he deserves. This is justice. Saul has failed to obey the Lord. He has offered unauthorized sacrifices and held back what was supposed to be offered to the Lord. He has failed to worship God. And to fail to worship God is to worship the alternative. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 that the things that the Gentiles, that is the the pagans, the unbelievers, the things that they sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. Behind Zeus... Aphrodite, Jupiter, these empty idols, these false religions, behind them were evil spirits, demons. The things the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons, and I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. So Saul in his failure properly to worship God largely unbeknownst to himself has been flirting with evil spirits. And so have we. We forsake the worship Of the true and living God. We're flirting with evil spirits. Engage in addictive behaviors. Sexual impurity. Mishandle money. We're flirting with evil spirits. And as enticing as these spirits can appear as harmless as they can make themselves seem. After all, Scripture says the devil himself parades as an angel of light. But they will finally torment us. Saul has forsaken the knowledge, the instruction, the wisdom, and worship of the true God. And now the Lord is giving him over to the torment of the evil spirits with whom he has participated. Saul's getting what he deserves. That's divine justice. So we see the justice of God. Secondly, in this passage, we see the mercy of God. Look at verse 15. And Saul's servants said to him, Behold now, a harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the harmful spirit from God is upon you, he will play it and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. And the Lord is with him. Now look down at verse 23. And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. Now the Lord here shows mercy to King Saul. Even as he's pouring out his just punishment on him, once again he mingles mercy with the blow. He provides Saul with some temporary relief from his torment through music. And who shall provide relief? But young David, when David plays the lyre, some sort of a ancient harp, small enough to carry around, when he plays it, the spirit leaves Saul alone. We see that David is the instrument of God's mercy. To Saul. But in a similar way, David is also, ironically, the instrument of God's mercy to the nation. Now, you remember back when the nation demanded a king, they wanted to be like all the other pagan nations, the Gentiles around them. And the Lord said that when they demanded a king, they had rejected him, the Lord. So he gave them what they deserved. He gave them Saul. In some ways, King Saul himself is to the nation what the evil spirit is to him. He's God's judgment being given over to what they deserve. And again, ironically, the same person who brings mercy and relief to Saul will bring mercy and relief to the nation from Saul. Look at verse 21, And David came to Saul and entered his service, and Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. See, David is a tremendous blessing to Saul. He is the mercy of God to Saul as he will become The mercy of God and the blessing of God to the whole nation. So we see the justice of God. We see the mercy of God. Thirdly, in this passage, we see the call of David. Look at verse 18. One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me David your son who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them by David his son to Saul. Notice verse 19. It's in the center of this whole passage. Saul, King Saul, calls for David. The Lord has already called for David. He will replace Saul as king. But now Saul, the king whom David will replace, he himself calls for David. Where was David when the Lord called him? Tending the sheep. Where's David when Saul calls for him? Tending the sheep. This is the king after God's own heart. The relentless shepherd. God has called him. Now Saul himself has called him. So we see the justice of God, the mercy of God, the call of David. And fourthly and finally in this passage, we see the tragedy of Saul. The tragedy of Saul. Look at verse 23. And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. Saul here is a tragic figure. He can only get temporary relief. It's a mercy for sure. But nonetheless, it's tragic. He has music for some comfort. But he lacks the Holy Spirit who has departed from him. This makes sense of King David's own plea that he will make years later when he sins. Words from Psalm 51 found on your bulletin, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Music can only numb... Saul's symptoms. It cannot touch the disease. You're trying to numb your symptoms. You got a lot of options today. Alcohol. Entertainment, opioids, sex, porn, sports, music, whatever. I'm trying to numb your symptoms. You know, our Lord Jesus promised a woman who had tried to numb her symptoms with a string of broken relationships, that he would give her something that would truly satisfy. He called it living water. And that living water is the Holy Spirit. Saul lost the Holy Spirit. And all he could do was try to have his symptoms numbed for a time. You know what you need? I remember the night I was ordained I had My professor, Dr. Douglas Kelly, world renowned theologian and research scholar, came to my home church, Cottle Creek, to preach that night. And the great theologian, man of letters and many languages. Said the most profound thing when they ordained me. He said, You know what we need? This man who can read multiple languages said simply, We need God. That's it. You need God. In your soul, filling you with supernatural life, springs, liver, rivers of living water that'll truly satisfy. It's Jesus who gives the Spirit, it's Jesus who secured. The promised Holy Spirit through His death and His resurrection. It's Jesus alone. Saul was tormented. Something tormenting you today in the night. Stop trying to numb the symptoms. Jesus alone has the cure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.